What is up, plebs? Back at it again with another conversation. This time with at Aleph Noel. We have an incredible conversation covering his journey down the rabbit hole, his perspective shifts associated with 2008 mortgage crisis and serving in the U.S. Marine Corps, and more. I'd like to introduce this podcast with a DM Aleph Noel sent me, revising his advice to young plebs. Quote. That advice question was so good. I cleaned up my answer. Your goal as a Bitcoin Matsy should be to stack Sats every day between now and 2140. In the purest sense of poetic justice, if you exchange just a Hamilton per day for its equivalent in Satoshi's over the course of your life, you will undo far more damage caused by the petrodollar. Dollar fiat debt slavery than almost any other activist approach you care to use. Outside of Bitcoin, if you don't have any other goal, or after you've accomplished your personal goals, you need to stay alive and cognizant until 2140, so you can enjoy the massive party when the last Bitcoin is finally mined. Increase your health span. Increase your lifespan. Increase your human potential. Increase your mindset. These are the only things Bitcoin can ever buy you. But with anti-aging research on the cusp of tomorrow, it's entirely possible the people alive today, with the foresight to prepare and preserve their mind, body, and soul, will be well rewarded. It could be like something out of a Willy Wonka adventure. What if Satoshi's wallet is unlocked and starts distributing amongst the network? Do you want to miss that? Didn't think so. Let Bitcoin fix the world. Be selfishly helpful along the way, taking advantage of as many degrees of freedom as you can. I want to see you at the party. Oh, excuse me. That's when the real fun starts. Some estimates say there's only enough oil in the Earth's crust left to mine at current production or consumption rates for another 50 years. Satoshi's doesn't even begin possible price stability territory until 120 years from now, and that's when infinity over 21 million is even possibly applicable. You are so early. You're at risk of missing the real party. Bitcoin is time and energy. Don't waste yours while the government finds the most expensive way to collapse itself. Reject coercion. Store your time and energy with Bitcoin. Hone the practice of sense making, truth seeking. Develop good learning habits. Drink a gallon of water a day. Get your heart rate over 120 beats per minute for at least 20 minutes outdoors every day. Piece of cake. That's the end of Aleph Snow's DM. Enjoy this conversation. Aleph Snow, welcome on the podcast. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Yeah, happy to be here. Hey, thanks for coming on. Um, just, I was wondering, Aleph Snow is a bit of a strange name. I was wondering, you know, where you came up with that pseudonym. <laughs> sure. Uh, well, uh, if anybody you know happens to Google it, they're gonna get treated to a real fun rabbit hole. <laughs>、um, uh, so it's it's actually it's a uh, uh, mathematical concept.
Um, basically, I stumbled upon this uh, paying attention to Eric Weinstein's uh, geometric unity um, uh, discussion. Uh, there's a video of him giving a, a lecture uh, on YouTube at Oxford back in like 2013. And in, that, in, in his discussion of his, his theory of geometric unity, he lays out this concept of the null set numbers, which, and I don't understand this, I'm a plebe, but uh, uh, it, it basically comes down to um, uh, the fact that all, all sets of uh, uh, complete numbers can be derived from a set of irrational numbers that, or, or a set of irrational numbers that come before our traditional number line. And even saying it out loud, I, it doesn't make any more sense to me than when I started that sentence. Right. But uh, it was enough of a whirlpool of trying to figure out what this thing meant um, and it took me down into a mathematical uh, rabbit hole far enough that I found that the, the, the name Aleph Null itself was perfect as a pseudonym for my, uh, you know, Bitcoin identity, my, my, my digital identity. Um, there's a lot of parallels between um, the way I think Bitcoin, the technology works and the way that that concept can be, can be applied metaphysically, let alone mathematically. Uh, to the to how you you know approach life or at least how I approach life right yeah that that's fascinating um, and then lastly for some background um, how did you get into Bitcoin and what was your journey down the rabbit hole like well uh, it's been a long one and I cannot uh I can't say that it's been fun or easy the entire time. It's definitely been, uh, I've definitely gotten some bumps and bruises and learned the hard way. Uh, but I think that's how, how everyone has to, if you want to get a deep understanding of something, you have to learn through failure. And I've definitely done that my uh, journey in discovering Bitcoin. I actually uh, found out about Bitcoin pretty early. I'm actually ashamed to admit. Uh, I found out about Bitcoin in like, it was either 2012 or might've been late 2011, um, but it was leading up to the, uh, 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 the, uh, the spike in 2013. Mm -hmm. And it was during that time where I actually had uh, a lot of people in my life who were sort of into a sort of cypherpunk lifestyle. Uh, they, were, they were into pseudonyms before they were popular. They were into uh, uh, doing really weird things. And these are not people that I trusted, by the way. These are people that I had associations with through connections that I, I haven't maintained. And, uh, you know, I, I wasn't looking forward to maintaining them back then. Um, but they were telling me things back then about how cryptography works and about how there is this cryptographic revolution going on. Uh, incorporating uh, and 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 I took from these discussions how to make better passwords, uh, like how to how to make a better password for my uh, for my logins for Facebook and stuff like that. I was like, oh, I don't want to get hacked. Okay, cool. But I remember back then they were trying at the time, I think, to explain Bitcoin, and uh, I just was not in a in, in a place. 
in my life at the time to really even be thinking about financial freedom or future. Right. Um, so I, uh, I graduated high school 2009 and then I joined the military, the United States Marine Corps. Mm. And so it was during, it was during a time when I was on leave and I was going back home, uh, and, uh, that, that I was having these conversations and someone was telling me about Bitcoin, but I was telling him like, Oh, it's whatever. It, it's fake money. It's not going to work. It's it, I was, I was coming up with all the different, uh, I was, I was repeating all of the, the FUD that, uh, people are using now in, in mainstream articles, um, uh, back then because it just didn't make sense to me. And also I didn't really care. Uh, fast forward a few years, 2015, 2016, I'm starting to get out of the Marine Corps now. And, and also, I think another factor uh, that influenced my decision was the fact that those conversations happened before I actually deployed and went to war. And so um, 2015, I go on deployment to the Middle East. Uh, I, 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 I see for my own self, my own eyes, that uh, war is a business and it's not anything like I thought it I, you know, I thought, you know, when I signed up, what I was doing was I was fighting for freedom and I was fighting for, uh, you know, enlightenment principles and, and uh, uh, you know, the American ideal. But um, you can get misled along the way during that process very easily. And once you see what that business is and what it capitalizes on in terms of uh, the, the human suffering and the human toll, it, it's it 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 changed it changed my view on what i thought being a, a human or being a man or being you know a person in, in society was right. and so when i go to get out uh 2000 end of 2015 early 2016 bitcoin uh is uh exploding like this is right this is right around the time where it like first jumps up to about 15 grand or something like that. And uh, it was during, it was while I was getting out, I had all this money from deployment and I had all this, uh, you know, uh, outlook in terms of I'm, I'm, I'm finishing up my enlistment. I got the rest of my future ahead of me. And uh, I happened to get lucky that a couple of people in my platoon at the time happened to also be into really weird uh cyber security type things yeah and uh and they sort of told me uh you know and we would have discussions um that i again i didn't understand because i'm i'm still a pleb but uh but they would try to explain to me the free market principles and, and, the, and the sound money principles that bitcoin was based on and why it wasn't as much of a risk as uh you know as the mainstream narrative will have you believe um it's kind of hard from, you know, going from living your whole life, holding dollar bills in your physical hand to imagining, uh, you know, your, your value being stored cryptographically. But uh, it was, it's also around that time that everything was starting to switch over. Venmo was, you know, skyrocketing in popularity. Everything mm. was already, was already switching over to an electronic interface. And so um, having, the opportunity to have already have had these conversations back in 2013 and then to have seen it do fly in the face of everything that I was detracting it for back then to hitting a peak of 
you know, double, di- uh, you know, over ten thousand uh, dollars just a few years later. Um, and then also, again, being able to have more conversations with people who just seem to be in the know. Um, it was a really obvious move for me at that point to start thinking about my future. Um, and so uh, I, I won't say that I've been a long term hodler. Uh, I have owned Bitcoin since 2016, but not in any sort of, um, uh, you know, gargantuan amount. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't have a lot of excess capital coming off of uh, enlisted salary, but. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, I'm in the uh, same position, but sorry, go ahead. No, uh, well, I'll just, I'll just finish up real quick because that's yeah. kind of brings me, brings me up to where I am here and how I got there is. So I started believing in it, uh, at least at least nominally, uh, in 2016 when I saw the spike. And I remember going on you know, uh, dinners with uh, family, friends, people in their 50s, and people who manage lots of money and who, who really think they understand how the world works. And I remember hearing the same things that I was saying about Bitcoin back in 2013 from people who claimed to be millionaires uh, in 2016, and they're they're going to be the same reasons that Bitcoin's going to fail. And so it was at that point that it was really obvious to me that it this thing will most likely not go to zero, and at and that means at least there's a good chance of it going up. And so um, since then, uh, I've tried prioritizing um, uh, Bitcoin as part of my financial portfolio. And uh, the thing that tipped me over into becoming a, a true Bitcoin maximalist, as mm. I, I as I described. Uh, would be this past year, um, the 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 or the past eighteen months. Right. The the amount of state control that and power that has been exerted since uh, the lockdowns were first uh, instituted has been nothing short of an Orwellian nightmare. And uh, if it weren't for Bitcoin, I'm not sure I would have the mental health. Uh, to have been able to remain stable throughout this entire time and productive and like retain a little bit of hope. Like if there was not, if it was not for the, the philosophies and the, and the learning experiences that Bitcoin has put me through, um, you know, this last 18 months would have, I think would have been much, much more difficult than, than they already have been. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I, and I want to talk about your experience and like what you think about the past 18 months. Um, But first, when you were coming out of the Marine Corps um, and you had, you know, a little bit of extra money from deployment and, you know, you started to look into Bitcoin. um, What exactly was like the primary like um, like thing that you valued about Bitcoin? Like when I think of Matt O'Dell, he values the privacy or like Alex Gladstein, he might um, value the censorship resistance because he's in the Human Rights Foundation or like Michael Saylor, it might be the Austrian economics, hard money. Some people it's freedom money. Like what, what exactly was like the biggest thing of Bitcoin, which made you say like, wow, like this is important to me. I need to be owning this and, you know, I'm going to learn more about it. Yeah. Uh, so those are, those are all, uh, you know, uh, reasons that I, I hold value in now. Uh, back when I was first 
getting into it. And when I first met my, my first Bitcoin purchase, the reason I was doing it, uh, um, you know, I, and I'm not ashamed to admit it, it was purely financial. Um, I grew up extremely poor. Um, my parents were both, uh, yeah, I, they, they, they suffered, uh, you know, they weren't extremely talented, but they, they especially suffered after the recession. Um, and our long-term prospects as a family just were not, um, uh, we just were never good. They were never good for my entire childhood. So there was never an, a, a time frame that I can remember where I was looking forward to the future. Um, and I, I, re, I resented actually uh, that placement in society. Um, I, I, I was talented enough, and I'm, you know, maybe that's a, a humble brag, but I was talented enough to have seen exactly where similar uh, some of my peers were able to get to off of you know just a little bit of help financially and that definitely rubbed me the wrong way when my options came down to go to war or work at mcdonald's and um you know obviously there's you know there's a million other things you can do than those two things it's not like you no one forces you to go to war but um for me the the, the attractiveness of what the military provided when I made that decision was a very similar thing to what Bitcoin provided me when I made my first Bitcoin purchase, which was, this is going to be a move that I don't have to think about. I don't have to, um, I don't have to stress over it. I don't have to worry about it. I don't even have, I don't even have to do any sort of real long-term planning with this. All I have to do is show up every day and I'll get paid. And my and then and in the future, tomorrow will be a better day financially for me than today was. And that's all I was really concerned about at the time was that uh, I had a little bit of money. This is the first time in my life I've ever had more than, you know, a thousand dollars sitting in my account. And uh, I, I said, you know, this is an I can I can I can I have an opportunity here. To, to do something that will make sure that I never have to make these types of decisions ever again in my life. And so initially, my, the first reason that I ever got into Bitcoin was purely selfish. Um, and it was, it was only because uh, of the evidence of, of the fact that I had gotten extremely lucky seeing the, uh, of knowing about Bitcoin early enough to have tracked it prog its progress up until 2016, mm. that I was able to say, oh, like this is, I don't know anything about money. I, I, I don't come from money. I don't have a lot of money to waste. I can't make a lot of bad decisions here. I, can't, I, don't, I don't have, there's not a lot of room for risk for me. So, uh, so Bitcoin just represented this like, you know, pretty, if, to me, it, it seemed like a surefire thing that I could do that I wouldn't have to think about and that I could uh, trust that in, the, in, 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 by the time that I needed the money, it it will not have uh, it, it will have put me in a position to, um, you know, be more secure. Right, and like that's one of the coolest things about Bitcoin to me. It's that, um, you know, every year, like you, your financial pro most people's financial prospects are looking worse and worse. You know, because you know, even though um, the CPI says inflation is 3% or, you know, Bitcoiners might think it's like closer to 10%. Um, those um, 
inflation rates are compounding every year and it's just impossible for anybody to you know like make a good future for themselves nowadays without being so close to like the money where the new money is being printed and having access to the fresh money and like this seems to be one of the most like again i agree like hopeful things about bitcoin especially in the context of the past 18 months um and it i don't know like because in the past 18 months i've seen um you know people's livelihoods you know like people have been struggling in the past 18 months and you know i don't think the the spent certain things i you know i maybe i'll pose the question to you like what what do you think exactly happened in the past 18 months that has made you value bitcoin even more um well well so okay yeah so that's a perfect segue actually is that so the reason i first got into bitcoin was purely financial it was mm -hmm. so selfish it was only at looking at my short-term to medium-term financial outlook uh and i didn't you know, I took no responsibility for uh, using or thinking about Bitcoin in any other way. When <laughs> when we had this mass liquidity event in March 2020, based off of uh, you know these these reports of this virus that I had been paying attention to since at least in the news, because China has always fascinated me as somebody who's been in the military prior uh, and for the types of jobs that I was doing, like the game theory of war is actually pretty interesting because you have to you have to you have to work a lot of logistics out in order to get to the part where any fighting is actually done mm. so uh evaluating china and always keeping keeping tabs on you know our biggest rivals have always been has always been something that i would i pay attention to um and so you know when they start in you know late 2019 locking down their citizens talking about a virus it was very easy to sort of especially in, the, in american media you can see like it was very easy for everybody to dismiss it you know there are there are still articles up that uh will say things like oh th that'll never happen in america we'll never lock down um and that used to be a a a a, 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 a very common refrain uh, for years. Um, and so when there was this mass liquidity event caught and then compounded by the fact that we were, you know, uh, or, or spurred on by the fact that we were being shut down and small businesses were being told to close and that no one's allowed to go outside and the beaches are done and parks are done and all your way of life, as you know, it has now been ended. That to me was not, that wasn't a sign of the world um, handling its shit <laughs> very well. And uh, the big, the, the first thing that I said was like, they're gonna print money to fix this problem. Mm. Uh, it, it, was gonna, it was gonna become very, and it became immediately apparent that by the summer, the you know, S&P, NASDAQ, uh, so-and-so, they had all reclaimed the, you know the levels that they had 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 lost back in March, so there was this immediate inflationary effect on, in terms of just uh, you know uh, 
preventing a depression, preventing a recession. And, you know, for someone like me who went through as a, as a high schooler, the mortgage crisis, right. uh, as, as somebody who, who, who never had money to begin with. So every step of the way in my life, money has been something that I not only have I chosen to pay attention to, but if I haven't paid attention to it, then it's not like there's somebody, you know, watching my back for me. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, knowing <laughs> that they were going to fix this problem the same way that they were going to fix 2008, uh, it was so it was so easy to just yeah, f- fall into the Bitcoin rabbit hole as more than just a way to secure your future, your financial future. It I, I started reading more about it uh, and actually, you know, attempting to understand how the underlying technology and proof of work actually works. Uh, it was then, uh, it was, you know, this past or last year, I would say that, um, you know, through that education of, of just, of just wanting to resist the, the, you know, the government narrative of, we have to do this. We have to print this money to fix this virus. We have to do this. Um, that that just you know there was there's no discussion on that there's no debate on that we don't hold we don't hold a vote on that like the UK does uh, for for referendum issues like Brexit right. uh, and so you know for somebody who's literally fought for freedom to not have the ability to have a say in how a problem like a global pandemic gets fixed is me a to me, that's a, a fault, or that that, that that's um, that's unacceptable in a 21st century uh, digitally connected world. Uh, and when you have a technology, it's not, and it's not like there isn't one. There isn't a way for this sort of these sorts of things to get fixed, right? Now, a global pandemic is a very complex issue, and I'm not a public health expert. I don't know how to. I don't. I wouldn't know the first thing to start uh, uh, on how to fix that. But I know that uh, printing more money doesn't, it, it might fix uh, a couple of hospitals in the short term, but it's not gonna fix the fact that people won't be able to afford healthcare five years from now because the money in their account will not have grown with the inflationary way you've been printing it. Right. And all of that basically uh, was just like uh, uh, the, the easiest way um, for me to, to let Bitcoin become something more than just, uh, you know, a unit of account for me or, or a store of value for me. It, it all of a sudden, like you were saying, it, it becomes this thing that because it is censorship resistant, uh, because it is anti-fragile, because it is, um, you know, it, the most secure network um, <laughs> on the planet, it, it's, uh, it's a way to simultaneously fight these big global problems that we're having because um, when, when the money is sound and uh, you know, e- everyone can be assured that their future isn't being taken away from them, we can make better, we, when the stress of that prospect has been taken off the table, I think as a society, we can collectively agree or have more clear heads making decisions when it comes to figuring out problems like global pandemics and uh, every step of the way up to and including, you know, last night with this infrastructure bill uh, debate going on. um, 
it just has it just <laughs> it almost seems like the past 18 months has been leading up to uh this event where the world either goes you know into hyper bitcoinization or we stall for a few more years trying out these cbdc's and um you know for me the the the, the choice is is obvious yeah and it, it it's just so like frustrating for me because you know i don't agree with everything that's happened in the 18 months and i think it's gonna hurt a lot of people and uh, i think like the irresponsibility in um you know printing new money has been a bad thing and that bitcoin's a better money but it doesn't seem anybody is agreeing with me or even considering this these issues you know there i feel like there's this big problem that like people just think what those around them think and they're kind of afraid to have to disagree and you know that's the thing that makes me nervous is because we've seen how easily everybody accepted uh what we were told about yeah. the pandemic and accepted what we were told on how to fix it like we need to print money and do all these other things um which you may or may not agree with i you know i don't really know inside of me if you know the right thing is to like get vaccinated or wear a mask like i have no idea so i'm not going to tell people to make a decision about that i think it should be left up to us but it seems like people just followed so blindly and it makes me nervous because the same thing do you think people are gonna treat bitcoin differently when the government starts attacking that it, it's just hard and frustrating for me to think through these issues especially well let me give you a let me give you a little bit of hope there because okay. uh you know using that same argument that you know people are you know most people are sheep let's uh let's just accept that uh let's not fault them for being sheep let's just accept that they are sheep uh but knowing that they are sheep, you know, once that, once this domino goes towards hyper Bitcoinization, once it becomes obvious, a central bank digital currency will not work or change anything about the current financial system in terms of end user potential, then uh, what's going, when, once hyper Bitcoinization starts, the sheep are just going to fall in line and they're not, they're not going to know why it's a better money they're not going to know why it's helped protecting them they're not going to know uh all the advantages it gives them they're not going to know it's censorship resistant most people uh get their bitcoin through uh kyc means right know your customer so it's not like uh, uh it's not like that that the fact that people are just very e willing to fall in line inevitably is going to lead to um you know the demonization of bitcoin i think the network effects of bitcoin at this point are too strong that and and it's proving it it's proving it in the with this infrastructure bill is that uh the government can't attack bitcoin it can attack the other it can tax shit coins and it can attack uh you know technologies that are based on actually nothing but um uh if it tries to attack bitcoin if it if it isn't an outright bloodbath where they immediately, and they would have had to do this back in 2009. They would have had to somehow figure out a way to take it offline back then. Right. Uh, but at this point, uh, the only thing that's left to happen is for 
is for there to be hyperinflation in the fiat world. Once there, and especially in first world, it's not just emerging markets, but once there's hyperinflation here and we're right on the cusp of it, uh, you're going to see everybody, they're not going to question why they're going into Bitcoin. They're not going to care why it's the soundest money. They're just going to go because that's what sheep do once everyone moves to a new, moves to the new thing. So hopefully, <laughs> you know, that, uh, yes, there's a potential that, um, you know, everyone could just go along if the government says, hey, Bitcoin's bad, um, that, uh, you shouldn't use it. Um, but that's what they've been doing. You know, they, they're saying right. it's bad for the environment. They're saying it's bad for this, it's bad for that. It, it helps crime, it does all these things. And every step of the way, those arguments have been not only addressed and answered, but, um, you know, done so, so roundly and so completely that anybody who continues to use those talking points is literally just outing themselves as somebody who has done no research. Right. So and it's a, it's very easy to dismiss the people who would stand up for a, a Bitcoin detractor because it's just like, oh, you're just, you're like two years away from adopting. Like that's all those people are. And everyone else is just needs a little bit of help getting the adoption going. Right. Yeah. And that, that's a hopeful perspective. And I tend to like agree with, um, with, yeah. So it, so that makes, so I'm in agreement that like most of the incentives align. And when Bitcoin really does become necessary, cause let's face it, um, I think both of us live in America. Um, you know, we would survive without it. Um, but there's a lot of places, well, you know, I don't, I don't know if I want to say that on this podcast, but, uh, <laughs> but with, no, I, well, I don't know exactly where you're going with that, but I, I can say that, you know, there, one of the reasons that I tell people should be, you know, adopting, or at least trying to embrace Bitcoin now, if they live in a first world country is for the amount of good it does in third world countries. Right. Like it is, it is absolutely undeniable how much uh bitcoin has helped uh people living in countries whose government is either actively oppressing them or uh uh has you know debased their national currency so bad that um you know their 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 people can't get food or they can't they can't perform basic economic functions um those use cases are well documented um it's it's um so, so you're you're right. Like me and you, we would be we would be fine in the short term. Right. But that would. But without Bitcoin, me and you would still be, you know, <laughs> up shit tree. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> uh, so it's uh, it, it's it's imperative that even though we have a little bit of a safety net in terms of the fact that uh, our society would not crumble overnight, like some maybe some other places in the world would. Um, it, that means we have more responsibility to defend mm. this sort of technology to make sure that that those use cases don't get lost in translation and that uh, and, and that effort will protect everybody. Right. And I know you're a Jordan Peterson fan and I know we've taught the be Well, I don't know if that's true. Is that true? Have you read like or followed a few of Jordan Peterson's things? Yeah, I'm not. Uh, I'm not an avid follower. I don't watch everything he does, but there yeah. are there are definitely uh, high profile moments with him that you can 
it'd be crazy to shut yourself off from anybody that is offering learning experiences like he is. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. And I'm about the same way. So we talked about um, Bitcoin. Everyone in the Bitcoin community will say like, oh, the incentives align. Bitcoin's inevitable. Um, but one of Jordan Peterson's things is that we need to be taking it, uh, personal responsibility for the things we care about. So I'm wondering if there's anything me and you and, and just random plebs who are just, you know, average people, what we can or should be doing um, to for Bitcoin, or is that not even a question that you should be asking about something that's an open free monetary network? I'm not sure. Well, I, I no, no, I, I 100% think there is a lot we can do as plebs. Uh, the biggest hurdle for these sheep that we're talking about to get into adopting Bitcoin uh, is the education aspect of it. The education on Bitcoin, because of its cypherpunk beginnings and its you know slightly anarchist uh, framework, right. uh, uh, is is very adamant that you do your own research and that phrase i believe is is well-intentioned because it, it forces people to take that responsibility right but it also absolves you of the responsibility of helping your fellow man so what, here i'll just tell you what i do because i'm not uh you know i'm a pleb i'm not anything special i don't understand anything uh you know unique about this network that it gives me some sort of crazy insight to it um mm. i don't run a, a bunch of a, a mining warehouse or anything like that i, I do run uh, i try to get as close to uh, a full node as, as possible that i can run um and i uh you know I, I try to help people get incorporated into getting their own setup so that way they're not reliant on exchanges and custody services i try to you know educate people on the on on the privacy aspect of bitcoin and how yes, the first thing that gets you into it, like me, might be the fact that it's going to preserve your financial future. But even better than that is it allows you to opt out uh, of things you don't like your government does with your tax dollars. But the only way for you to do that is for you to get the education. The only way for you to get the education is for people like me and you to have as many conversations like this as possible, not just in public, but in private with our friends and family. Um, so, for example, I run a dog training business. I'm a dog trainer. Mm. Um, so if anybody understands how incentives work, I'm, I'm pretty tuned into that. Oh, um, yeah. I bet. Uh, so uh, uh, in order for, pe for people to hire me, uh, they have to pay me in Bitcoin. And part of the, you know, my uh, dog training experience is if they don't understand, if they don't already have Bitcoin, if they don't understand what Bitcoin is, I give them a free hour long, uh, you know, lesson meeting, explaining to them exactly what it is, answering all of their questions as best as I can and pointing them towards research that I can't answer more fully. And uh, at the end of it, uh, you know, I, I give them a recommend, I have, you know, I give them my referral links to all the, the different things that, that I'm a part of. So that way they can very easily onboard themselves and get at least $5 worth of Bitcoin in their wallet. And I have received zero pushback from that. Uh, and, and this has just been a business I've started in the past two years. 
So uh, most of the people that I meet um, do not know what Bitcoin is. Some people, I've had people as recently as last week tell me they've never even heard of it. Um, so that's how early we are. But uh, if, if more, more entrepreneurs, more risk takers, uh, you know, more plebs just make it, uh, uh, make it their purpose to bring Bitcoin up at every opportunity, and there's a million opportunities. This thing touches every domain there is, touches philosophy, engineering. Right. Uh, it's it, it, it's going to, I like to link it towards uh, aliens and space travel because, you know, uh, it's going to be the, it's going to be not just the future Earth reserve currency, it's going to be the future Mars reserve currency and the future wherever we go right. reserve currency. Uh, that's how big this technology, that's, that's how big the potential for this technology is. So there's no reason, uh, you know, uh, pretending when you have an opportunity out in public to bring up Bitcoin, uh, to not do so out of out of some sort of weird, um, you know, uh, everyone should do your own research uh, mentality. Yes, they should, but uh, you know, not not everyone has the time, and we as plebes can do the most good in the space by just having those conversations with the people in our in our life. Right. right. Not everyone. Not everyone's going to go listen to a ninety-minute podcast from Lynn Alden. Not everybody's going to go, uh, you know, read the white paper and and then <laughs> read read all the things that you need to read in order to understand the white paper. Right. Uh, uh, not not everyone has that time or has that you know that inclination or or even you know that the stress needed to make you want to do those mm-hmm. things. Um, some people might already be financially secure, so they might not have that reason, but. Uh, that doesn't mean you can't bring up the fact that these lockdowns and the printing of the money to solve the problem has not encroached their freedom so much that they shouldn't be looking at a more censorship resistant money. Um, and that I, I've found that no matter where somebody tries to go in terms of uh, needing help in their life, if they're asking for help, one of the easiest ways you can do is just point them in the direction of Bitcoin, because once they start going down that rabbit hole, you might not know what it is the thing that's going to help fix their problem, but Bitcoin has the solution. Somewhere right. in that rabbit hole is a solution for everybody's problems, whether that's you know uh, real world problems, metaphysical, mental, doesn't matter. Uh, Bitcoin has an angle for you to gain a new perspective on that problem and therefore a solution. Yeah, that that's an incredible way to put it. Um, and... I, I agree. It comes down to us plebs having these conversations. Every every time I talk to another Bitcoiner, it's like, you know, my perspective shifts and I'm realizing that you're right. Like um, Bitcoin does have like an idea or an angle that like people will latch on to and people latch on to different ideas and angles within this like free open code. And it it's just so strange to think about, but like to see how many people care about it, how many people like you are running businesses and educating people. It's just, it gives me hope that, you know, the, the future is bright, brightly orange. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I mean, if you, when you think about it, you know, uh, and this is, you know, this is mainly the reason that I have taken the steps that I've taken to get so far, far into this. Uh, is that it, it was because I was listening as far back as 2012, 2013, I was listening to people talk the way that we're now talking on a podcast, right? 
Like people were talking about these sorts of things back then and nobody was listening, but it was only because those things had been rambling around in my head. And then I start, you know, I watch one podcast with, you know, like I said, Lynn Alden or whoever, and they're talking about Bitcoin in a, in a philosophy way and in a, in an engineering way. And it's like, well, what are, what are these people seeing that I'm not seeing? And all it takes is that little bit of curiosity for you to go, what are the, what do these people know about this? I just thought it was a money. I just thought it was a currency, just, just like anything else. You can use it to pay on the internet. Uh, you can buy drugs, whatever. Uh, uh, but it's only because you have that initial little bit of curiosity that you go, well, what really is this? like, what is it? And then once mm. you start trying to peg down what Bitcoin is, you realize it's, it's everything. And then that's how, that's how that, that snowball starts, starts rolling. So, you, you know, the more conversations like this that we're having, where somebody is either a listening to me or say, you go out and you're having a conversation at a, you know, at a restaurant or with your family and your cousin overhears, what, why are you so passionate about this? Wait, why, why are you talking about freedom money? Wait, wait, wait what is this censorship resistance? What, what is this? Uh, that all you need is to spark that little teeny bit of curiosity in someone's brain and they'll take care of the rest themselves. That's how, that's how all of us got here. We just, right. just forgot somewhere along the line. <laughs> yeah. And well, yeah. So I, I'm a young guy. I, I'm 20 years old right now. There's a lot of young people listening to this podcast. And I was wondering, um, it sounds like, you know, you, you've had some, you struggled through growing up, you know, with the financial crisis and the various things you faced. And then you served um, in the Marine Corps for many years. And I'm sure you learned a lot there. And now you're running your own business. And I'm just wondering, um, is there any advice outside of Bitcoin you could give to a young person? Um, just, you know, in general to, you know, help us get through this confusing world, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, whew, that's a tall order, my friend. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. I think, I think that for a young person uh, who is just looking for some direction, because that's what I was looking for, um, was just somebody tell me, hey, man, you follow that road, you're going to be okay, um, is to get a goal in mind and picture it perfectly. Uh, because you, no one's going to come and tell you, hey, that's the road. It takes you to your goal. You can't see your goal, but you have to take the road. Uh, it's going to be very hard for you to start down that road. It's going to be very hard when anything happens on that road that prevents you from taking a further step for you to keep taking those steps. So the first thing any, you have to do is to have a, like, have a very well-intentioned goal, like something that you can picture perfectly that's not abstract. Once you have that goal in mind, once you have that focus, everything else uh, takes care of itself. Uh, and if you don't, if there's nothing, if there's nothing that you can think of in terms of goal orienting yourself, uh, or at least there's too many options, maybe you have option anxiety over, this is something that I definitely went through when I was 
thinking I might still be able to attend college was there's too many different options, too many majors, too many universities, too many this. Uh, there's always something that you can improve upon in yourself. So you don't need to have an out extrinsic uh, outward facing goal. You can have an in, inward facing goal. Uh, and the best goal that I recommend, because it's going to be the goal that allows you to monetize Bitcoin uh, the longest, uh, is to maximize your human potential. There, the science isn't settled, but the science is out on how to improve your lifespan, how to improve your health span, how to improve, uh, how to improve your immune system with your thoughts, right? How to, uh, uh, how to basically uh, improve your ability to intake oxygen and get rid of carbon dioxide. Like everything about your body, you should be trying to learn with as much uh, introspection as you do Bitcoin. And if you understand your body as well as you understand the philosophy of Bitcoin, then in, in my opinion, the world, the universe just aligns for you. And then it, the life is like a video game. <laughs> it's right. like an arcade. <laughs> uh, but so if you, if you, if you, you need a goal, you have to have a goal because if you don't know where you're going, you're never going to get there. Uh, and if you can't decide on a goal because you know, you're young, you have, you have, you have a dozen years before you even need to come up with the goal, right? Like if the average age of retirement is 65 and I know all of us want to get there before there, before then, but with the way, um, you know, longevity is going, we're, we're all going to live to be hundred anyway. So retiring at 65 is not a terrible plan if that's the one given to you. Uh, but for a guy like you, you have a dozen, you have, you have 15 years before you even need to make a decision on what that long-term goal should be. Right. Right. So, 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 uh, stressing out about that and, you know, letting that become something that consumes your thoughts is going to take away energy from you preparing for whatever that goal, for whatever the, whatever the, uh, whatever the challenge is that's going to be necessary to get that goal, to attain that goal. Uh, you're going to need to be ready for it. And the only way for you to get ready is for you to uh, you know, calm the mind, ready the body, uh, 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 bring a little ferocity to your spirit so that way you have drive. Right. And, uh, and you know, just keep, keep your head down and keep working. As long as you keep working, as long as you remain productive, uh, you're going to get there. Um, yeah, uh, human human potential. I would say if you if you if you if you if you have nothing else to focus on, if you have nothing else to worry about. Uh, sit down, do some meditation, and figure out what the next part of you you're going to improve is. Right, and yeah, that definitely is some great advice for me because I think that when I think about myself, like I I'm not exactly sure where I'm going, um, but but I definitely am passionate about. Um, certain things like weightlifting and uh, sports and um, you know my body and my mind and there's a lot of things that I know are not how they should be um, that that I need to approve upon in, in terms of my mind the way I think and my body like what I eat and what I put in my body so yeah and and that stuff is that stuff super confusing. Like I said, there's so much different research out there that you can get lost along the way. Um, but if you start simple, so for instance, you know, drink a gallon of water a day. 
if you drink a gallon of water a day and you always drink that gallon for the next two weeks, if you don't feel, if you don't already feel better at the end of the two weeks, then, or at least more fit or more capable or more, more awake, more clear than you did at the beginning, then you must've been drinking a gallon of water already. But most people I know are just dehydrated. And uh, I always start there whenever I, in addition to dog training sometimes I do a little bit of personal training on the side and so um all for bitcoin and so uh uh the first thing I always tell people when it comes to nutrition cut out uh eat whatever you want cut out whatever you want uh we're not even going to think about food until week three the first two weeks we just need to get your hydration levels ready so uh start there you know just make sure you're getting enough water every day after that, start thinking about how many calories you're eating versus how many you're burning. And then, you know, keep and keep it simple. Keep it to math, just like Bitcoin wants you to do. As long as you keep these things to math, uh, you're going to be fine. You don't, you don't have to get wrapped up into the to into the weeds like, you know, with 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 uh, especially diet and nutrition. That's a complex one. Right. Yeah. No, I I think this. Yes. Well. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I've had such a good time, you know, talking through Bitcoin with you. You've said some things that like just have really changed my viewpoints. And then, you know, at the end here, it's been so good to like be reassured that, you know, some people haven't pictured their goals yet, but uh, at least as long as you're thinking about what you're getting better at, in your yourself then you know that that's important too yeah you know i've learned a lot i've had a lot of fun just thank you so much for coming on well uh thank you so much for hosting this podcast thank you for getting the word out there thank you for inviting me on uh thanks for helping me think through some of these things and help uh even you know contextualizing my own experience it's kind of kind of fun just hearing myself uh you know talk about it out loud like that i don't think i've ever explained uh just how much i believe in this technology but it feels good to do so so thank you for giving me that outlet oh yeah of course that you know it just makes me so happy to you know when i hear people talk about their experience with this thing that we all love and that's so important to us um so keep in touch yeah 100 percent. i uh i can't wait to see your first live show <laughs> okay yeah um no promises that will be soon but i've been thinking <laughs> about the live shows um so well uh if you're if you're ever out in uh on the west coast near los angeles uh let me know and uh, uh maybe i'll see if i can help you hook something up with that all but, right uh other, otherwise keep plugging you're doing you're doing great work and uh you know uh in satoshi's name we pray in satoshi's name we pray amen